fellow supermom, I'm glad you're here. This is the special needs supermom podcast. The glass of wine for your mind. Your tribe where you can relax, unwind and get stronger and more confident about your superpowers. I'm Nadine Villeur, your host, supermom of an autistic wonderboy and a supergirl battling juvenile arthritis. All while being a military spouse and international entrepreneur. Enjoy your glass of wine. Hello fellow supermoms, Nadine here. This episode is about how to motivate your sick team. And to be honest, maybe the most challenging subject. Because as if, you know, having a teen isn't challenging enough, throwing in a chronic illness, you know, a certain condition, makes it way, way harder. Uh, It's already kind of, you know, known that motivating a teen in general can be quite challenging. But imagine that you're a kid and you don't want to be different. Well, maybe you want to be different, but on your own terms. But you still want to fit in and and don't stand out in a negative way. You don't want to think about all the food you eat or shouldn't eat, about the actions you uh, do that might affect the rest of your week. And, you know, teens in general, you know, they're done with that. You know, they want to find their own way, do it their own way, uh, without somebody (laughs) nagging over them, saying what they should do and if something is wise or not. But, you know, as a special needs mom, I, for instance, I know I'm quite overprotective. And no wonder, of course, because she needed constant monitoring but now she's 15 years old uh, supergirl and uh, she's kind of done with the situation she's kind of done with being sick and that's totally you know normal it makes total sense because this is also the time that they realize you know they might have certain dreams that you know they now realize they can't pursue like Supergirl. She wanted to join uh, the army uh, ever since she was really young. But she already gave up on that dream once she was about the age of 10 or 11 because she realized there's no way with my body, with my condition, I can. You know, even uh, if she wouldn't have gotten, she, she gotten more sick uh, actually, uh, but even if she would have approved, uh, improved, It would have been really unlikely. So imagine that you have a dream. And your body, your own self is stopping you from following that dream. That's really hard. You know, it's not about, you know, working harder in school. Or uh, maybe find a way to deal with your dyslexia. She's also really dyslectic, by the way. So that doesn't help. What I wanted to say is that, you know, Supergirl is a really, you know... In heart, she's an active girl. She's a girl that wants to go out. She learns by doing stuff. She's not a bookworm like me, unfortunately. So she loves the outdoors, loves doing stuff. Uh, And her disease, her own self is preventing a lot of that. So that's hard. So how to motivate 
a teen when you know they're they're realizing that things they want to achieve might not be possible and in the case of uh, supergirl the other day she had a really bad night and she said how can i ever you know even function with a, a normal uh job you know working from monday to friday just like the average uh, person uh, having a nine-to-five job or uh, you know as a sidekick work in a restaurant or something like that um, having a, a side job as a teen because i can't rely on my body and you know me going to school now i i can't even manage going to school five days a week how can i ever have a career how can i ever you know make enough money to to uh, have my own house and 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 take care of myself and that's heartbreaking and you know of course you have to listen then and not you know throw in a motivational quote that it will be okay because you know you don't know that but you still have to help your kid uh, she lied at the end of the tunnel or help them achieve something uh, a goal they want help them move forward but there's a big difference between motivating a kid and motivating a teen you know with a kid when she was way younger her being tired wasn't much of an issue and we also didn't really realize it was a big deal so we tended to push through way more often uh, and of course that sometimes would backfire but uh, she was a little bit more healthy uh, back then and uh, you just went through but now because she realizes all the effects and if she does this this day it can affect yeah, the, the, the following days it's, it's way harder and where a sticker <laughs> was good enough to motivate her when she was like five or six a teenager you know <laughs> you will get that <laughs> They will just slam the door in your face, uh, uh, figuratively speaking, or maybe literally speaking. Because they're like, seriously, I'm sick, and you're trying to be, oh, but if you do this, you will get... Most of the teenagers aren't, you know, uh, sensitive for things like that. And like I said, it's no surprise it's harder to motivate your kid. Because when they get older, they realize the impact of their condition and to their possible dreams, their plans, their future so what can you do you know uh, and the first thing uh, that came to mind is you know you have to talk about their dreams and, and and steps that you know need to be taken to achieve that okay so some dreams might not be realistic but there, there must be other dreams you know and of course when you're 15 there's no way you you most of the kids know exactly what they want to become when they get older but in some way they 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 should have have a dream you know they want to go horseback riding or they want to go to a certain uh event or uh, want to make a certain amount of money okay so let's say they uh, uh want to be able to go to a camp a whole week without giving up okay what what is needed to to help them achieve that and when you look at that dream can you break it down break it down in, in little steps you know it makes it manageable okay so you need to be, work on your condition for a super goal that's really really hard uh, 
because she, you never know kind of what, what her body uh, <laughs> agrees to. But we do know, even with juvenile arthritis, that it is good to keep on moving. And maybe it is, okay, well, maybe the goal will be, you know, this week, walk the dog for 15 minutes by, by foot. Or start with five minutes. Uh, she has a mountain bike. She loves that thing. But at the moment, she hates it. Because it reminds her of the fact that she can't manage it. She can't cycle on the, the bike. Last year, we were able to. Uh, and the same with... Uh, Rollerblades. She loves her rollerblades, but she's so afraid at the moment that the moment she will do it, she won't even be able to come back home or whatever. So instead, we make it really manageable. Okay, you want a rollerblade? Let's just, instead of rollerblade to the park, take the car. And you know, just put them on, even if it's just for one minute or two minutes. And, you know, let's get ice cream afterwards. Things like that. And it's, what I wanted to say is, it is, it's, you have to be careful about it in that way that, you know, especially when they're really sick and their body is, is not handling exercise always that well, it can help them that, uh, you know, just applaud them for even one minute. But it can be really, you know, hard to realize that even one minute is really hard and can be really tiring. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, you just have to, you know, give them a way out and say it's okay if it's just for one minute and maybe make an, a nice outing out of it. Anyway, you know, talk about the dreams and steps that need to be taken towards those dreams. And, you know, manageable steps, one by one. You know, what I said about exercise, just building up a minute each time. I had a, a double pneumonia when I was about 30 years old. Ended up in hospital. And with asthma, that's not good. And I was a runner. So all, everything I ever worked for, you know, I had even going up the stairs was, was an enormous task. And I started to run again, slowly, and literally one minute at a time. So I would run, you know, with the pace of a turtle, for one minute, and then slow down. And one minute again, and, and well, in the, in the beginning, there were like five walking minutes in between. And I would just do that for one minute run, five minute walk, one minute run, five minute walk, and that was it. And it took me a year. Well, I was only allowed to start running again if I would take it really slowly. And so after a year of practice, I was able to run five kilometers. And then you see all those things about running 5Ks in, in 30 minutes. That was not realistic. It was really hard to see that everybody was like, well, but you can use this. No, I can't. It's really dangerous actually for my lungs to do that. But I managed it. So the one minute approach... Yes, it, it seems so tiny, so slow, but it can get you there. So see what the dreams are and make it, make those, break them down into steps and make those steps manageable. Then there is outside support. You know, there, 
especially teens, you know, they, they need to break away, break free from their parents. <laughs> Maybe even more their moms, because they're always there. But every teen, you know, uh, needs to, you know, this is the time that they become independent. And they will do that by pushing you away. It's harder when they have this disease uh, going on, this, this condition. Uh, and if that makes them, you know, depressed or you see them struggling and having a really hard time to, you know, just see some kind of light uh, at the end of the tunnel. You know, as a mom, you can keep trying to motivate them, but really... Uh, <laughs> that didn't help in my case. They would just get angry. Most of the teens are like, seriously... This just sucks and there's nothing you can say that makes it better. Or, you know, stop with your motivational quotes. Or, yes, I know you have horrendous stories of people who were of way worse than me. But this is about me now. A teen only thinks often about themselves. Their whole world is, you know, in their head often. So, if it's really hard to help them get out of their mind, you know... Get some outside support. And that can be therapy. You know. With a stranger where they talk about whatever is in their mind. And so super goal is, is, is has therapy. And it's private. I don't interfere with it. That's between her and her therapist. And of course that should be uh, 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 private. But it really helps her that she can talk to somebody that doesn't know her from day-to-day situation, that is more independent at looking at situations. Uh, and it kind of gives her peace of mind. And for some, uh, even uh, therapy animals can help. Uh, Supergirl has uh, therapy rabbits. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> she brings her rabbits uh, with her uh, when she needs to go to the hospital. Uh, because her uh, shots are really, really painful. And people are saying like, well, but after 10 years, you'll get used to it. No, you don't. A painful shot is a painful shot. And especially kids tend to build up the tension in the body because, oh, geez, there it's coming again. And there are shots that have as a side effect, you know, being really nauseous. So you see with a lot of kids that even become nauseous beforehand, just thinking about you know, the medication, and they know they need it, but the side effects can kind of take over everything. So if uh, we found out that she would be really stressed, but if she holds her rabbit, she relaxes her body a bit more. And that's a good thing if you get a shot. So, uh, and nowadays she even goes to her, uh, a therapist to talk about uh, everything that's, you know, keeping her occupied and uh, Everything that, you know, is going on in her head. But um, she's allowed to bring uh, some of her rabbits with her. And it's kind of, it, it helps her. Because sometimes she, she finds it really hard to talk about herself. But she will project it on her animal. And that way her therapist can kind of, you know, see what's going on. And uh, figure out what really helps to motivate a Supergirl. There are also apps. So uh, sometimes there are uh, diseases that, you know, in the hospital they developed an app to help somebody monitor their disease. 
And in the beginning, I was in control of that. But nowadays, uh, because she's 15, she got the app on her phone and I don't have access. And since then, she actually uses the app way more because I'm not interfering and she can do it on her own terms. Uh, so check it out. Maybe uh, your hospital has something like that as well. Or there is a more general app. And then tip number three is let them go. <laughs> you know, this time is about becoming independent. And like I said, I'm quite overprotective. I'm working on that. But it's hard. It's so hard. But it's also, you know, necessary for both you and your kid. Independence is good. Uh, they need to become independent. They need to find their own way. They need to find their own motivation. And us being there 24-7, hovering over them, <laughs> won't help. Because it doesn't free up their brain. And especially on really hard days, it's so hard to, you know, not just throw in a whole bunch of, I don't know, ice cream or presents or colors or a gazillion motivational stories, anything like that, because you just want them to feel happy. As a mom, you just want your kid to feel happy. But sometimes you're just not. And that makes total sense. So they should be allowed to, you know, be done with it. But they should also level it. Uh, unfortunately, you know, where we can help them, we can guide them. But in the end, it's up to them uh, how they can own, how they will handle certain things. Uh, and I read somewhere that, you know, also, uh, you know, let them be independent, but stick to your rules. So if they say that they're too sick to go to school, then they're not allowed to see a friend. I have a different take on that because, uh, well, the disease of Supergirl is, you know, the energy level is yeah quite bad but it's not fair i think to only ask her to only use her energy for you know uh, to, to only focus on their academics because social life is just as important and as a teen maybe even more there's more to life than only academics uh, and especially nowadays where we all have all those state tests. And in the Netherlands, we have different levels of high school. And that's a good thing in one way. But uh, elementary school, everybody's together. Uh, so you have different levels of kids. But everybody is focused on, you know, achieving the highest level. But not every kid is, you know, uh, university material. And that's totally fine. And... Sometimes they are university, uh, you know, material, but uh, they're just too sick at the moment. Uh, so in the Netherlands, uh, we don't really have summer school. If you uh, don't uh, get all your grades in check and, uh, yeah, you've missed, well, not missed out. You can miss out, but if your grades are good, you can still go ahead to the next year, but... If the majority of your uh, grades are not good enough, you have to redo a whole year. So yes, 
all the levels. So even if science was really good and English was really bad, you still have to redo everything. Uh, and that's kind of, a, especially between parents, oh, your kid has to redo another year. Sometimes that's actually a good thing. Because you you shouldn't automatically say, oh, well, maybe they're just not that smart. And even if they're not that smart, that's totally fine. Uh, like I said, not everybody has to become a neuroscientist. Uh, we need plumbers just as well. And sometimes they even make more money. Uh, and have lost less, way less uh, college, uh, how do you call it, college debt. So... Uh, let your kid, you know, if you see they're really struggling and, and if they have issues with their energy level, don't only, you know, focus on you have to get your great, you know, your academics are the most important thing there are in the world. They're not. They're not. You know, social life, especially as a teen, is just as important. So sometimes we had moments that, you know, in the morning, Super Bowl was just too tired her body was just uh too tired to even you know lift her hand but gradually during the day it would become a little bit better and if you know having a teen friend come over to watch a movie together or you know play with the rabbits in the back garden uh, it lift lifted her spirit to such an extent that she might you know find energy to actually go to school the following day so don't only focus on the academics there's more to life than only that you know and sometimes they have to uh, do a detour to get to wherever they want to get uh, be gentle about that but in the end you know my conclusion this might be the hardest time for both you and your kids to deal with whatever they have. You know, you can, like I said, talk about your dreams and break that, break it down in steps that need to be taken. Second, you can uh, find outside support. Three, let them go. And four, don't only focus on the academics. But in the end, you know, we can reach out and give them tools. But in the end, it's their life. It's their journey. The only thing we can do is be there for them. You know, and also, when you have teenage, uh, teenagers, uh, find your happy space, mom. Because this is without a chronic disease or anything, already a really hard time to deal with sometimes. Find your happy space. What do you need to, you know, deal with the situation? Do you need more runs outside or, you know, a fine wine uh, every other night? Or sometimes a little bit more chocolate, you know, or craft that doesn't take brain space? On those really hard days, you know, give yourself a break. Cuddle up on the couch, you know, uh, and try to do something for yourself that makes you happy as well. That was it for this episode. 
let me know what worked for you and your team. What helped them push through? Was it just aging? Or was there a certain tip that you think, you know, this this was a miracle, a lifesaver. This made so much difference. Please share it, you know, by commenting on this episode or go to the Facebook page of Special Needs Superman and uh, let me know. Um, this was already episode 31 and coming up are a few really interesting episodes. Uh, we're going to have uh, a series of uh, interviews with military spouses uh, about how it is to, you know... Uh, well, sometimes basically raise your kid by yourself. So maybe not even only military spouses, but also, you know, solo parents. Solo parents. But also about how it is to, you know, relocate quite often with your special needs kids. What you need, where you can find your resources. And what I also wanted to mention. Hopefully, the week after Easter, the special needs supermom planner is finally going to be released. Um. Uh, we had some great feedback of uh, uh, the beta testers that's being implemented. And we're now in the final stages of getting it out there. And if you want to, uh, if you're really interested, look at my uh, Instagram, uh, Nadine Van Lierop. Or go to the Facebook page of the Special Needs Superman. And you can have a sneak peek. Send me a message if you want to go on the pre-sale uh, list. Because it will save you 50%. Only paying $12.50. And, uh, well, I'm looking forward to uh, hear from you. Until the next glass of wine. Bye. This was today's episode of the Special Needs Superman Podcast. Enjoyed your mental glass of wine? If so... Please subscribe, rate and review the show and recommend the podcast to other special needs supermoms you know could use that mental glass of wine as well. Until next time, fellow supermoms. Cheers, Nadine.